Good evening, everyone. Welcome to today's episode of Arsenal and the Big Six. Um, we took a two-week break because of some personal problems that I had, and um, I'm sorry for keeping you guys waiting. <laughs> I'm getting some text like people telling me they they want the show back and all. Yeah, so thank you guys for having patience to wait on us and and all. And we got some good news. Yeah, so over the last month, we released um, about four episodes and we got our monthly review from Apple Podcasts and apparently we're the fifth ranked sports podcast in the country, Nigeria. So I really, really appreciate you guys. And um, I know that my audience or our audience rather is not only from Nigeria, but really, really thank you guys. You guys that are listening from Sweden, the UK. Um, the US, I, I really appreciate everyone, it means a lot to me. Then, unfortunately, this week's episode came a little bit late. We had um, the guest lined up for this week, um, Baba Blue, but unfortunately, we we're trying to record via Zoom on Monday or Tuesday. Yeah, but network uh, messed us up a little bit, so we had to postpone it till today. Then, unfortunately, he got busy with work and also I have to do this week's episode alone. Um, hopefully you guys enjoy it and and all and all yeah so um, we'll start this week's podcast with Liverpool versus Manchester City man what a game that was I probably think that was the best game or that was the most fun I've had at the game since the beginning of this season I don't know that was it was like back to front back to front and it just shows the difference in level class or where the teams are from Liverpool and Man City to the rest of the Premier League and Chelsea too they are a totally different bunch to the rest of us I can't even lie they are so far ahead of us I don't know the amount of work we have to do to catch up with those guys I mean that was an incredible game of football I don't think I've enjoyed the game that much since probably two weeks or three weeks before then when um, Manchester United played as a one period and Chelsea played too that, yeah, I think it was Chelsea Man City yes then Manchester United, I can't remember who they played to as of that same period, but it was a 12 p.m. kickoff. I think two Saturdays ago, it was fantastic. Then we'll start from the um, starting lineup: Liverpool, Alison Becker, James Milner, Joe Matip, Van Dijk, Robertson, Jordan Henderson, Fabinho, Curtis Jones, Mohamed Salah, Diogo Jota, Sadio Mane. Basically, there are two things that surprised us from the starting lineup. Yeah, James Milner starting. Um, I, I don't think it was a surprise to Rusha since um, Alexander Arnold was partly with his fitness. But man, I'm sure Milner will never wish to start that kind of game again. Actually, once once it's a game versus Manchester City, you're just going to ask Klopp or Pep. Pep, bro, is is um what's his name? Is Phil Foden starting? And if he's like, yeah, yeah, no, my <laughs> Milner is going to say he's going to come up with a sickness or something because I I don't I don't think he wishes. And it's about 34, 35 now. Man, folding, folding the disrespect at Guadalajara, guy. Then um, Curtis Jones, who, who started again ahead of Nabikata, Oxley Chamberlain. Thiago was not fit, which is why I think he started. Up front, Salah, Jota, Mane, no surprise there. Then to City, we had Foden, Grealish as the um, that false nine. Abreu Jesus on that right wing, where, where he has been playing very well this season. Kevin De Bruyne, Rodri, Bernardo Silva, Hal Cancelo, Laporte, Ruben Diaz, Kyle Walker, and um, Ederson Moraes in the post. Um, I think they, there's really no surprise here except for the fact that probably Phil Foden is starting. Um, aside that, that's really basic for 
uh, Manchester City now. We've gotten used to this starting lineup. Bernardo Silva, Kevin De Bruyne, Bernardo Silva is fantastic in pressing and recovering. I think he has really found himself this season, especially since last season where he has started playing midfield. I think it's just this season he has made it his own. I don't know whether that's because he wants to leave, so he's proving something to his potential suitors out there or something. And Pep has really admitted to him wanting to leave, so I think they might have to let him go now or maybe has he seen that he's getting more and more starting time he might want to stay probably the thinking from pep who knows i mean but um on paper he had kevin de Bruyne on the left row and bernardo silva on the right um, of the midfield three so they were both playing as left and right mezalas but um rather rather Often we saw them swapping where Kevin the um, Kevin the Bruyne went to the right, where which is where he is normally um, found playing because so that once he receives a pass from Kawaka or wherever it is on that side, he swings in crosses straight into the box. But we didn't really see a lot of that this weekend. Then Bernardo Silva, since he's left-footed, he was playing on the left a lot of time. Then there was one thing that he got to do very well was having that late runner into the box. We saw that a lot of times is that if Bernardo Silva and Grealish were not there, it would be De Bruyne and Grealish and Jesus. So it was it was really good to see from them. Um, then Foden, I was talking about Foden a little while back. Foden was really really fantastic, man. I I mean, he has he has scored three of his goals. I think yeah, Anfield is the um, place where he has scored most of his career goals. Three goals at Anfield for an eighteen or nineteen year old man. I think he needs more respect. He needs more respect on his name. What a fantastic! Play. He turned James Milner in and out, in and out, in and out. That uh, I think if if it was a Nigerian wanting Mudobale, he would have nailed down or or laid down or something. What kind of punishment? They for don't flog down because man, he he just violated that guy that day. And um, over the years we've seen. Manchester City tried to capitalize on that right um, defense of um, Liverpool. And I think probably because they've discovered how weak they are or a little weakness there. Probably that's the way they are the weakest in their defense because Robertson, Van Dijk, um, Joe Matip are very good in their positions. So probably because of how much Alexander Nold advances and how much Liverpool rely on his creative abilities. So they've noticed that there's always a gap there and they've been using it earlier this year at Anfield last year. So they've been using it and I think that's what they decided to do again. Then putting Muna there helped Manchester City's cause because all Foden had to do was just hold the ball, push it past him, draw him, and they were they they, I don't, they systematically did it because what they were doing was is either they were playing simple one-two passes to release Foden in behind Milner, just triangles around uh, Milner, or they left the isolated Milner and Foden from um, Foden to dribble him one-on-one, -on -one, which was really great to see. Kudos to Foden for um, executing that perfectly. There are the then Joel Matip too. We saw Matip helping Liverpool in their build up. He has been doing that a lot this season. So the difference with him and Van Dijk is Van Dijk can stay back, throw long passes too, which we see him doing a lot of times. And he can also drive the ball forward, but we don't really see him doing that. But Matip is the one that looks like okay, he's the one that has been given that instruction and he's the one with the ability to carry the ball and drive the ball forward. Which we saw him do this. Um, he drove forward, then he swapped with Fabio, then he gave a an eye of the needle pass to Jota, which led to Liverpool's first shot on target in the game in the second half. That was, um, I think, on the 49th minute or something like that. And it was, he, he, he repeated that, I think, in the last game too. I, I think against Brentford too. He was doing that a lot of times. So I think that's a recurring tactics for them now. And in that first half, Liverpool were really poor. 
they could not hold the ball. And we saw we saw uh, Jogi Klopp's um, trademark opening his mouth stuff. He was just opening his mouth like, "What is this? What am I seeing? Am, am I am I sure this is not Arsenal here?" Uh, <laughs> you understand? So he, those guys did not really hold the ball. Any small thing, they were losing the ball. They were trying to counter too quickly. They didn't make the right decisions. And we saw that change straight away in the second half. They they became more aggressive. They were winning second balls. They were winning first balls. Everything was just going their way. And look, fantastically, they scored the first goal. Mosala, brilliant from that wing. He went past, I think, Joao Cancelo. And Joao Cancelo is definitely no slouch. He gave a fantastic true ball to Sergio Mane, who has not looked himself this season. And a fantastic shot past Ederson. Nothing he could do. That's what great players do for you. That was just one touch, one two touch, bang, a goal for um, Liverpool. Then Phil Foden again, fantastic goal from that same wing against James Milner. I'm sure James Milner was asking to be substituted, and we, as a second half we started, we were hoping, we were thinking that surely he was going to be substituted. But then we saw that um, Fabinho was going to that side a lot to go and help us, but nothing, nothing doing. It didn't really change anything. Foden scored a wonderful goal from. That angle too again. Then all of a sudden again, Mohamed Salah. Mohamed Salah, I think he was getting shouts as the best Premier League player right now. But well, I don't know about that. Very good player, excellent player, fantastic player, but I'm not sure about player of the league um, credentials you grab. But um he went in there, caught I think he dribbled two players, um Bernardo Silva and one other person, then he shit a quick shimmy to whether it was Laporte or Diaz who fell on the floor and a right-footed finish that was on his weaker foot past Edison Moraes again. You just don't do that. You, you just it just doesn't get better than that. And the old stadium went rocking. It went rocking. Then um Kevin De Bruyne, classic style outside of the box, played a, a beautiful left-footed strike. I think um Allison had that covered already, but uh, the the um interception of Joamatip saw it um deflecting to the right side of the post. Well, I think it happens every now and then in the beautiful game, but man that was a fantastic game to watch and I'm, I'm i'm really sorry for anybody that missed it i'm really sorry for anybody that missed it i think rain was falling over here so a lot of people could have missed it because of um we all know dstv once water pour on top of dstv like this you can't get anything again that is the end but luckily for us we got to watch it then chelsea chelsea southampton these chelsea guys i don't tire for them i i really don't know how they're doing it i i don't know how they're doing the starting lineup, they started with a 3-5-2. Um, Mendy, Cesar Sucueta, Thiago Silva, Antonio Rudiger. Rudiger, Thiago Silva have been in fantastic form. Fantastic form. Hudson Odoi, Lost Street, Chaloba, Kovacic, Ben Chiwell, Romelu Lukaku, and Timo Werner up front. That was a 3-5-2. He started using this 3-5-2 against Tottenham. It worked against Tottenham. He went the next week. Um, who did he play the next week? I think City. Or he played, yeah, City. It didn't work well against Juve too. It didn't work well, but then he used it against it. I think this day is also didn't work well. To show what didn't work well, but um, the difference between them and Southampton was that they were really efficient. They were really, really efficient, and that's what you have when you get the great players. And it, it saddens me for those kind of clubs because Southampton again they were wonderful throughout the match. I think until that 75th minute or so when um, Chelsea scored the second goal and the game was done, they scored the third goal again. So early on in the game, Saturday were pressing and pressing and pressing. They were structured, they were organized, and now they retained the ball. Chelsea were very woeful, not going to lie. Then they scored a goal off a corner where Nathaniel Chaloba um, nodded the ball into the net, and wow, it was really, it was a really good one. I, I think they got 
two three early chances where Rudiger nodded one. I think Thiago Silva two nodded one off corner kicks. So that was like their main um, plan as at that point. And to show ball right now, I don't know. He's looking <laughs> to Shelly. So we are going to Shelly back. He's looking woeful. I don't know how he's going to do it. Maybe he's going to need to change to a four three three. It's probably going to affect the defensive structure that. He has instilled in Chelsea, but he's probably going to change something because it's looking like they are lost for ideas most of the times now, and they were pretty lucky. They were really, really lucky. Then here is an interesting start for you. Werner has scored only two goals in his last 32 matches. And let me tell you, Chaloba, yeah? Chaloba has scored two goals in like five matches this season. Chaloba is a defender for going out loud. Eh? Werner mighty. When they, when they, what what is the problem, bro? What is the? It looks like he simply couldn't score. When I was writing my notes, that was what I was right until he scored, which was I'm happy for him, but I was also sad because he took out the fun of the you know, We're all enjoying the fact that he couldn't score and he got him for 56 million. You understand? But when he scored, I was happy. You you clearly see the relief on his face. You understand? Um, but he scored that goal and the the Lukaku to score the goal with the really for us. I was really happy. Rudiger drove forward and I think that's one thing that Rudiger has been doing. He has been doing that ever since, but this season and last season, because Chelsea are winning now, it becomes clear and evident the things that he's bringing to the team. He drove forward in a similar way to Kurt uh, Zuma. He drove forward and gave a true ball to Lukaku, who unfortunately had already gone a little early and it was offside, but fantastic finish from, Luka, uh, from Lukaku. Same thing with Werner when Odoi gave him the assist. It was offside too. And... Um, um, Odoi, that Odoi that we're talking about, I feel like Odoi has probably definitely stagnated. He just, I feel like he needs to go to another club or he needs to go out on loan to go and restart his career because that guy is good. But there's some things that I see about him. It looks like he's too one-sided in this game. When he's on the right wing, all he's going to do is a step over to the left, then push the ball to his right. And I think most defenders have. Caught that already, or if he's on the left, he's going to try to turn inside and do play a curler like continue. So these things are like already people have already seen it, which is why it didn't work very well. You understand? And um, Chelsea, before this match, Chelsea had not lost any of the last two Premier League matches while they were leading 1 0 at the break at Stanford Bridge. So it looked like from since the fact they were leading 1 0 already at the break, it looked like the game was pretty straightforward. But then the second half, um, Ben Chua, who was, I think, very good in the game, even before this, um, before he gave it away the penalty, he slept off. Then Liveramento, um, Liveramento, these guys should get real names, man. Liveramento caught him, uh, he brought it down in the penalty box. Yeah, you grab. So that was a penalty. James Ward Prowse, fantastic finish. To get to to level them, and from then on, it looks like they were going to score. They were going to score. They were going to score. All I think they needed was Armstrong making better movements and better players in the final third. Because there were a lot of times when Armstrong was um, Southampton were three against two. They were with the ball, so they had three players. Chelsea had two players, probably um, Rudiger and Thiago Silva. And all Armstrong needed was two players because there was a period where Teller and um, Redmond could have made runs into the box to free space for. Armstrong to either give a pass or play a shot, a very good shot, but none of them did that for him. So he ended up playing a rubbish shot, which was poor. I mean, but it looked like that was the only thing he could do as of that period. Um, so it, I think it, feel like, it felt like they needed more quality in attack, which they didn't have. Unfortunately, James Ward Prowse, I think he got too sucked in. 
but since he had scored and the game looked like they were already like um, the knife was um, turning to their side and he gave away a red card which was like definitely a red card against um, Joginho who had just come in after that period and he got a red card from then on Southampton lost control of the game I mean what Prowse basically sold the game to those guys he, he basically sold the game to those guys and Chelsea were really passive throughout the game no rejection of pace Except every now and then where Loftus Cheek, because Loftus Cheek bought the game, he took control of the game. Except every now and then where he actually tried to make something happen. Yeah. So that was the only that was the only thing that happened. And Messi Mount too. He came on <laughs> the uh, set piece merchant. That's the only place he creates chance or something. He came on after like I think after a fancy touch or so in the first one minute or so that he came on, he got really quiet until the end of the match when um, Southampton had already gotten a red card. And um, Barkley, he came on, gave a fantastic ball to, um, what's his name? To Aspicueta. That was, I think that was the key there. Barkley coming on and unlocking the Saints defense. He gave a fantastic two ball to um, Aspicueta, who played the one-time pass to winner. And he finally scored a goal. Finally, finally scored a goal. Then the third goal too. Mount got the ball. He played a fantastic ball into the box, which Lukaku missed he hit it off the bar right in front of the post no keeper nothing right in front of the post he hit it off the bar and says that because that to try it again he hits it off the bar again before Chiwo could finally shoot and when Chiwo shot he felt like oh um the keeper had already gotten in McCarthy but unfortunately he couldn't get a hold of it and the bar had already entered so Chiwo made up for his earlier mistakes you understand but Lukaku Chelsea fans, mark my words, Lukaku has gone on a five-game goal drought now. And I predicted the other day, and I bookmarked it on Twitter, Lukaku is going on a nine-match goal drought. So that means in these four matches, we will now see who the real look. We will see who the real winner is. That is four matches. So he's going on nine matches. Um, and I think where Chelsea fans are lucky is that Chelsea don't rely on one player for goals. You grab. They have to share their goals evenly. So as you are seeing Thiago scoring, Aspicueta, Chiwell, and all. I think that the teams with the highest number of um, different players with goals in the in the league this season. That's that's a really good thing. Not depending on one player for your um, goals. Ah. We go to match. We go to Manchester United. <laughs> These guys, they really don't know what is with their. They, they don't know they have a problem. I think that's where they are allies. They, they never know say they get problem. Let's go into it. Starting lineup. David Digha, Juan Bissaka, Lindelof, Varane, Luke Shaw, McTominay, Fred, Mason Greenwood, Bruno Fernandes, Anthony Marshall, and Edison Cavani. This was a shocking lineup. Yeah? Nobody, nobody thought Cristiano Ronaldo was not going to start. Even if he was not going to start, you would never have expected that to be for Anthony Marshall. You'd have thought probably... Um, Tactical setup, Pogba is playing something or something like that. that but you never have thought that was Anthony Marshall. And surprisingly, Marshall um, surprised everyone by grabbing a goal out of um, from a Bruno Fernandes assist, which was very, very good, by the way. He scored a goal to the keeper's near side. By I think he was, he was trying to deceive his keeper. And since it was Marshall, everybody already knew, thought he wanted to bend into the far corner. But then he played into the near corner and um, completely caught the goalkeeper off. And then... We've seen two players humiliate Manchester United. I think the last two weeks or so it was Aston Villa's Emiliano Martinez who after Bruno Fernandes missed his penalty, he he was <laughs> he was dancing at the United head. Uh this week too we see Townsend pulling up the seal celebration. Wow. 
ah it was really tough right now because the Manchester they are not losing but they know they are not playing well you understand that's where they are now and man Ole is getting cooked man he is getting cooked this ah, it feels like there's something that's not sitting well with United and um, playing early Saturday mornings after Champions League this season because they played against who was it young boys then they played that weekend against um, that time where they were playing with Chelsea too, as, as at that period that 12 30 kickoff to where they, I think they lost or the drew to that period then last this last week Villarreal then um, again today they are not uh, on Saturday rather they didn't play well again so if I say when I go tell FA me they change on our time for that so you guys can play on Tuesday and play on uh, Saturday afternoon not Saturday early kickoff um Sancho too did not make the starting lineup ah Sancho eh? we'll see as Sancho, as Sancho started the game I don't know, he just it still feels like he has not made his debut. That guy, that league has made like 10 debut, he has made old Trafford debut, he has made uh UK debut. What what the fuck? When is he going to actually do something, guys? Please call on JD Sancho. Call on JD Sancho. Um and as it was seen this last week when Edison Cavani was on the field, United feel like they actually play better with Edison Cavani. On the field and it gives them more balance then definitely so this begs the question what does Ole do yeah it is a really i would not like to be Ole right now at banter aside i know i would not like to be Ole right now because when cavani starts the team has better balance i know like we saw against villarreal when they needed to go he came on he was pressing he was pressing and that's what led to the giveaway that um gave ronaldo his goal this last week too against Everton, they were they had a better balance since everybody was pressing i know and i think um ronaldo has 6.4 pressures per game which is very low for a striker and for a team like manchester united that is not perfect in all roundings and does not have a very good defensive structure which is as a result of their um coaching they need someone that will be helping them to press and defend right from the front and they don't have that in ronaldo they don't have that in ronaldo which is um probably a detriment to them i think ronaldo will score for them will score a lot of goals for them but I think he's also going to take them back a little and it's going to hinder them a little, especially without a good coach or a tactically astute coach. It's going to be really um, affecting for them. So I hope they get that sorted out right now. And it is no coincidence that United moved the ball quicker since the news that Ronaldo had a chat with Ole to improve their passing speed. Um, news broke out last week or something that Ronaldo had a chat that it would increase his goal ratio if the way they moved the ball was quicker. And we saw that. In the beginning of the match, there was more zip about United passing the ball, spinning the ball here and there, here and there. And that's what we saw that led to their first goal. Pakpa, it went to Bruno, who gave a one-time pass to um, uh, Marshall. And he scored. It was, it was really good. And then in the second half, we saw that Marshall and um, Sancho came off for Ronaldo. Then not long after, a corner kick ensued. Um, Manchester United played the corner kick. Then Demarai Gray came out with the ball uh, i think fred was trying to tackle him and <laughs> gray gray is going to be like 16 years old or something and gray legit bodied fred off the ball and he went forward gave and just said the ball and Townsend is on fire this season he's, he, he looks a, a player reborn from his move after his move to crystal palace from crystal palace rather he looks a player reborn and rafael benitez is doing a good job with all these premier league um, all these players that have not been Really hitting form with Demarai Gray. Um, Dokore looks like he has refound himself. Um, what's his name? 
Townsend too. I think he already had four five goals this season, which is very good. I think he has already hit his goal tally for the whole of last season at Crystal Palace, and this is just. I think we've only played like 10 games, so that is a really good thing. And he scored a fantastic goal at David De Gea's right, who was very, very good in the game. For like last five games for United, David De Gea had been really saving them. It was really, really good. Um, um, then we saw that Fred, Fred went off for Pogba. Uh, Pogba went to midfield um, straight away, and he and Scott McTominay were switching from who was going to go forward and who was going to stay back, which is um a very normal thing to see um and united basically they're not playing well at the at the moment there is no hiding behind that they're not playing well at the moment and i don't know when they are going to sort that out but they really are not playing well at the at the moment and from a uh, from a corner kick yeah when misaka kept davis on site that was an, an everton corner kick when misaka kept, kept davis on site for the rebound and davis I think if it was any winger or attacker, you'd have played a shot directly to Javi Deja's right hand side where Townsend scored. But he decided to pass to um, their defender who put it inside to Jeremy Narada. And it was unluckily offside because that was a legit goal for Everton. That was a perfect opportunity for a goal. And United would have been dead in the water. The end of the game, Manchester United's expected goals was 0.92 and Everton's was 1.28. Which is really bad for United. I think they've been out XG for the last three matches or so against Villarreal to know Villarreal were really wasteful. They should have beaten United. United this season, they've been basically living off individual excellence. And if we scrap off those things, I think maybe they'll be like 10th in the league or something like that. But I get that that's why you buy excellent players to give you those little edges. But really, they have to look. They really, really have to look into it. Because, okay, let's, let's go back. That game against Wolves, where Wolves bowled them off the park, Greenwood scored a fantastic goal, which normally people will not score. Greenwood is an excellent finisher. That's why he was able to get that past Wolves, Jose Sa. So remove that three points. Lingard against, what's the name? Lingard against um, West Ham. If Lingard didn't score that ball, if Lingard didn't score that um, last minute goal, United would not have gotten three points from that game. So we reduce it to so you just give them the one point for the draw that's five points already uh that's if you're removing five points from where they are now man come on where where do you think they are going to be so they really need to get this sorted right now and the fact that um only has only played only has 14 out of 21 points already this season yeah and he has played zero top six clubs zero top six clubs yes and us now have nine out of 21 and they've already played city spurs chelsea it says it says it says a lot it says a lot zero top six club and 14 out of 21 points that's that's really bad for a team that got varan sancho and ronaldo in one summer that's really bad they need to sort that out quickly if he's letting Ole go personally i think Ole has done a good job up to now but this is where his capabilities um Cannot match the requests at United, so he really needs to leave now. I feel like that's this is where he needs to just go and have a good name for his for himself. And to the last game of the weekend, <laughs> we have um, Arsenal versus Brighton. Omo, Omo, guy, God save us, eh? God save us because we, <laughs> these guys they want they were cooking us throughout the game, man. 
throughout the game. I, I do remember when last we week. And that's one of the frustrating things about Mikel Ateta's Arsenal. Last two weeks, we played fantastic. I think that was the best football we played under Mikel Ateta where we beat Tottenham. 3-1, which was... That 3-1 scoreline was... <laughs> he's doing a disservice to how good we played. He's doing a disservice to how good we played. Tottenham should have been like 5-6 goals down when the game finished. And this week, we come and play against Brighton... Uh, credits to Brighton, they are playing really well this season and, and all and all, but still we should be beating Brighton, that's where we are that's where we want to be, starting lineup fast now, we had Aaron Ramsdale, who has cemented the starting spot, sorry Leno, go and play for Brighton or Brentford or something like that, go and look for him, even Brentford cannot take Ben Leno right now they have David Raya, who is fantastic then Karen Gabriel White, Tomiasu, fantastic defence that's a fantastic defence Sambi Lokonga, Thomas Pate, Odegaard Smith-Joe, Aubameyang. This was basically the same starting lineup we used against Tottenham. The only difference here is that we had Sambi Lokonga coming in for uh, Granit Xhaka, who has been seen to have a three-month injury because I think he broke one of his crochet ligaments or a toy rather. I don't know. I can't remember the wording they use for crochet ligament injuries. And it's, it's really sad because it looks like we already had... A good squad and as now they just find it very hard to keep a stable starting eleven. They don't they find it so hard to keep all their players fit. So when the news came out before the Tottenham game that all the players were fit, everybody was about like, Wow, this this is like this is like God is coming or something. Then all of a sudden against that Tottenham, we lose a player for three months, which was typical as now. Everyone was expecting that. And assuming Arsenal won that match against Brighton, would have been one of only three Premier League teams to have won 600 games. And guess who the other Premier League teams are? Chelsea and United. The rest of the big six don't have the history that all of us have. So, which is really, really sad for them. Yeah. Um, Arsenal are the first team to lose three, then win the next three in the Premier League for the last 20 years. So, I mean, there are some good and bad news there. For the whole game, we were complacent. We lacked rhythm, we didn't show any type of passion, and we did not chase anything down. A completely different performance from what we showed against Tottenham the last week, which is sad because now we don't have the European League or anything in between the like during the week. So we feel like we have a full week to train, to rest and all, and it looks like it did not give us any advantage whatsoever. That game looks like we're just coming from Baku or one of those um, countries that play in the Europa League or this thing. And it looked like all our players were completely tired and I, I really did not understand how that game panned out the way it did, man. I really did not understand it. Bryson had surprisingly an XG of 1 point, sorry, rather unsurprisingly, an XG of 1.31 and Arsenal had an XG of 0.38. That is woeful. That is relegation level stuff, man. That is, even all you footballers cannot, cannot play like that. God... What is wrong? We need to show our share out. Um, Lokonga was playing the sh um, Shaka role, which we've seen in build up because right now Ateta has a build up, two build up shapes, two three five or three two five. So the two, the um, three two five that we implemented this week and against Tottenham two last week was it had Gabriel Ben White and last week last week it had Shaka filling in at left back for Tierney who was playing as a left winger. But this week because we had Shaka injured, we had to use. Um, Lokonga. Lokonga was the one fitting into that place and he did it perfectly. He did it perfectly. Lokonga was really, really good in the circumstances that he was thrown into. And Brighton, kudos to them. They pressed us so well. What they did was they marked our two 
they marked our two midfielders out so we could not play out from the back and what you expected was gabriel and ben white should shift far aside to either side of the goalkeepers left and right and that once the ball passes to one of them it drags those attackers that are marking our two midfielders who are party and lokonga it drags them to the ball to anywhere the ball is and that leaves a player free a player free free you've drawn them out pass it out and we didn't do that until Lacazette came on which led to a chance for him to Smith which we will still get to but we not do that and it really affected us because all we we're just doing was kicking the ball long and the last week we saw Aubameyang winning aerial duels against Cristiano Romero and um, Eric Dyer but this week it didn't seem to do it against Shane Duffy and probably because they were taller but he couldn't do it this week so he was not winning any ball at all Odegaard was below par, Saka was below par, everybody except our defense and Smithrow were below par when um, they came on. Pepe came on, ESR went to 10 and Saka left, Saka stayed left, yeah, which is Saka's best position. That left wing is Saka's best position and I'm sorry for Pepe, Pepe is done out here man, except he scores like in 15 games back to back and he plays excellently, he's done out here, he has he needs to leave the club, man, because he's definitely not starting over Saka at the left wing. He's not starting over Schmidt, he's not starting over all the guard. Yeah, but what I just want to see is more of Martinelli. I think we have to see more of Martinelli. He has waited, waited, waited. He really needs to get his chance right now. And over, I don't know, there's this contrasting thing with over. Over hinders us in our build up and all with his lack of technical ability, and that's surprising because he learned his fundamentals in France. And you really see strikers from France lack this much potential ability. He cannot control the football to himself, he cannot control it, he's always controlling it to the front, to the left. And I, I don't know, is it probably because last week was just a North London derby and the old spirit and vibe and the way you prepare yourself mentally for it? He was doing it fantastically. But he couldn't do it. He couldn't do it. And I do really don't know what is wrong. So we we're calling for Lacazette from like the 50th minute, like straight away. Come on, come on. And um, Ateta did not do it quickly, which is one of the poor things about Mikel Ateta's in-game management as compared to Thomas Tuchel. And that's where I think he still needs to learn. But he's still playing his trade and he's still learning. So he will get better at it. And Laka changed the game completely when he came on. He dragged, um, I, I can't remember the defender he dragged out, he dragged the defender out, he collected the ball from the back, and this time we decided to play out from the back. He collected the ball from the back, he played a one-time pass to Pate, since he had dragged the player out, Smitro had already entered the space that um, Laka had already joined the player out from, and he, and um, Thomas Pate played a one-time pass into him. And normally, there were two options for him. The easiest option for Smitro here was to play the ball across the defender, to Saka who was on the left wing and Saka would have had a one-on-one feature and I'm pretty sure 8% sure that Saka would have scored it but he didn't pass it, he went on, went on and decided to shoot then he went for the keeper's near post and a keeper will never allow you beat him at the near post except he makes a mistake and if you are going to force a mistake from a keeper you have to play it with crazy venom like Greenwood does and if you fail to do that you definitely, you almost 90% of the time have no chance of scoring what you have to do is play across the side of the goalkeeper but probably because he's not a striker, he didn't have that instinct. In. If that was Greenwood, that was a goal straight away. Everybody would have been jubilating and all. That was already a goal. And I said it last um, last week that people should not play for my football club again. The last episode that we did, people should not play for my football club again. He came on. This guy cannot control the ball. Like God, what is wrong with this guy? What is wrong with this black nigger? Ah, 
next summer our uh, priorities have to be a center midfielder. I think January we have to get a center midfielder. As Thomas Partey is going for, to the Afcon. Shaka is um, Shaka is still injured. Then we only have Lokonga and um, what's his name Mikla now. So we have to look for something to do about that. And next summer we have to get a top center forward who can do everything. That's why we are being linked to Dusan Vlaovic of Fiorentina. Um, Kavet Lewin, Ivan Tony, and whoever we are being linked to again. You will notice, and Tammy Abraham, you will notice that they all have a similar profile. They are similar to that of Lacazette in the fact that they can hold the ball and all. And with that, they can also make runs into the box. So they are full round strikers. And the game has evolved. That's what all the teams have now. That's what all this. And you have to be able to do that if you're playing at the top level. You understand? You have to be able to do that. Then we need a top class winger to world class winger. World class winger. And hopefully we get all that next, uh, next, next summer. Um, so I think this is where we come to the end of this week's episode and um, I will be giving my as it's customary here now on the big six we'll be giving out rather I I will be um, giving my top three players for this week and firstly I think I will go with Ben White it was fantastic he, he did really really well uh, it was winning all his draws and we have Salah and of course, my boy Foden, Foden did really well too, and um, that's that's that, that's that for this week. And the next week we're having um, the international break, so this weekend we'll have another episode, another guest with us. We we'll have um, AFC Paris, and we'll be doing a review of the Premier League so far. So come in, join us with that one, and I'm pretty pretty sure. You um you will enjoy that for us. So thank you guys. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. Then keep rating us high. Keep streaming. Keep putting us on your friends. Yeah. So please, if you're listening, give us your rating. Any 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 rating will be appreciated. We really really do appreciate your ratings, guys. It's it's doing wonders for the podcast. Thank you guys so much. We'll be hoping to um listen to us again on the next episode. Take care. Have a good week.